This is the Hot Take Hockey Podcast with your hosts, Lucas and John Viveros. Hey everyone, it's John here from Hot Take Hockey, back with another podcast here with the legend, Lucas Viveros. So episode four now. And honestly, I, I can't believe we're here. We're, we had the intro episode, which counted as our first, then the Versteeg, then Canucks. Now we're at episode four and we got a huge, huge guest. And I want to give big respects right off the bat, right at the start of the pod to Lucas, because a huge interview uh, with Casimir Kaskasuo. I'm sure you guys know him from YouTube. He does a lot of vlogs, professional hockey player, played for the Leafs, played for the Preds, plays overseas with Sweden. Lucas, right off the bat, uh, are you excited about this episode? You did a solo interview for this one and uh, obviously just uh, a few other topics going into the season. Yeah, it was, it was an awesome interview with him. Uh, I know Casimir Kaskiso, uh, I shot him a message a few years ago when he first signed his deal in 2016. We talked about it on the interview uh, when he signed his first NHL deal with the Leafs. And it's cool how it all worked out. You know, six years later, he's on an interview with myself. Uh, and it's, it's great that you guys are going to get to hear it. Uh, you know, he had two games of experience, like John was alluding to with the Leafs and, and Nashville. Um, and he's just a sweet guy and, and he's doing some good stuff in the Swedish league and, uh, and on YouTube, like you said, John. Yeah. So I think just for myself, seeing his stuff on YouTube, like, it's pretty cool that he's giving like the fans and the viewers, like big time behind the scenes, but obviously you talk about that a lot uh, in your interview. So yeah, guys, it was a pre-recorded interview. We're going to attach that towards the end of the pod, but we have a lot of, uh, Good stuff coming on this podcast. We also have Off the Wall Hockey John coming on. Uh, hopefully, you guys have checked out his YouTube channel as well, so we'll have him on in a bit. But, Lucas, just to quickly give our thoughts on some latest news in the NHL, just some signings. So, let's go over a few of those. Yeah, let's touch on uh, JT Miller first. Obviously, we just yeah. missed him. <laughs> we just missed talking about it on our Canucks episode there. He signed a handful of days later. Uh, yeah. Big deal, $8 million per seven years john first reaction i know you made a video on it but just yeah i'll hand it off to you and then i'll give my thoughts how many people like that make podcasts or like do like whether it's like i don't know a show or whatever they like i just see it all the time like you record something and then like a day later hours later a couple days later it just so like we have this whole episode dedicated to like how the canucks roster is shaping and like the difference on how it'll look between JT Miller being there and not, and then just it lost him. So we were able, I was able to kind of maneuver around that and still make the episode super relevant. But yeah, I mean, I, I think it's for the now, like I think it's huge for the Canucks. I, I still think like if you can shift through like having those three centers and the younger wingers that they brought in while also maybe creating some cap space, if it means moving Pearson, moving Myers, like the guys we talked about in that episode, uh, then I think it's a really smart signing, at least for the now. I mean, I, I, I hate keep like making this, I guess, excuse, like keep on bringing it up, but I mean, the cap should go up. So mm -hmm. I hate making that as a reasoning for like giving the money now, because like, you're just hoping that, so it, it's relevant for all the teams and all the players that are signing. But I mean, for the now, the Canucks competing against two other Canadian teams in that Pacific division with the flames and Oilers. I think it's a really good signing for the now. And I mean, at the end of the day, that's the price it was going to be. We just saw what Kadri got. That like that's what it was going to be. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you give your thoughts because obviously I've kind of already I, talked about. I, it. I think Kadri is like a, a really fascinating uh, comparison, and we're going to see since they're both in the same division, both on Canadian teams. Uh, Miller obviously gets a million more on the AAV, yeah. um, but Miller's a little bit younger, so it's going to be interesting to see which of those contracts emerges as as the better one um, because both of them are really, really important players in their top six yeah. uh, in both teams, top six in, in Miller's case. I mean, he had that massive, massive uh, 
you know, in the nineties, yeah, Same. 99 points last year. So, uh, and we talked about it on the last pod, but it, it, it is a very, very good piece of business for Vancouver in the now. And we'll see what happens in terms of, uh, you know, them fighting for a, a playoff spot in that Pacific division. That's going to be wild all season long. Yeah. Talk about a big contract being thrown out. How about the Tage Thompson contract? Were you <sighs> shot? I mean, again, age and scenario, uh, we know that, uh, well, at least I know that you followed the blues a lot over the last few years mm-hmm. and seeing how the blues just snagged Ryan O'Reilly and that it looked like the biggest finesse ever. But even I, I had said back then, I was like, keep an eye on this Tage Thompson guy, not, not thinking I'm not going to try to say that I was thinking Tage Thompson would go off the way he did last year. Not even close to that, but I thought he'd maybe be kind of that diamond in the rough in that trade. Um, I guess, yeah. What do you think about Tage Thompson? And do you think like now he'll be actually that decent return from that trade and like stay consistent? Cause that's, they're taking a huge, like they're making a huge bet here. Yeah. It's a massive bet. It's, it's a year early, uh, them doing that deal. Uh, but they're obviously hoping Buffalo's hoping that uh, Tage Thompson is going to, you know, exceed that 38 goals that he got last year. And this thing was 66 points or something like that. Um, so they think he's their first line center of the future. Uh, Time will tell, but as you were talking yeah. about with the O'Reilly trade, yeah, I mean, for St. Louis, they made out like bandits. They won the cup with O'Reilly. He was a consummate winner. But now Buffalo is seeing that return actually, you know, turn into something. So that's great for them. Um, but as far as the deal, I guess we're going to have to see this year. what, what It's he turns so into, risky, right? man. I, I, honestly, it's a big I, risk. Was, I was defending it a little bit in the sense that it's like six, seven center, Guy that like right shot, absolute just tank when he wants to be scoring machine, at least what we saw last year. So yep. at the end of the day, if he continues that, it's going to be a steal of a deal. If he continues that though, like that's the biggest thing for me is I just, you're seeing the same franchise again, Skinner, different age and like yep. different scenario, because I feel like Tage Thompson has consistently got better every year where Skinner was like, he had the one-off year. And again, Skinner actually had he played really well last year. I mean, yeah. I think he scored like in around 32, right? Yeah. So Skinner, like, Skinner and Tuck and, and, uh, and Tage Thompson turned out to be a really good line as they yeah, really good line yeah. for sure. So I'm yeah. not doubting the fact that like, it's, it's probably going to be a good scenario for the Sabres long-term, but my problem is, and we're again, I hate relating everything back to the Leafs, but when you hand out these contracts yeah, and then these, the younger players, that the Sabres will have coming, whether it's Dylan Cousins, Jack Quinn, JJ Paterka, if they finish low in the standings, whoever they draft, like my point on that is this will catch up potentially in, in a bad way. But it's it's a good bet, I think, if he can continue what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if he's, he's scoring, enough. if he's scoring over thirty-five goals, I think it's it's money in the bank. Oh, even if he's scoring over thirty, goals, thirty, like, thirty. But exactly. But, but John, you got to think like I, again. Don't want to bring it back to the Leafs, but just to jump on your point there they did this a year early before he might command eight or eight and a half, right. Or, oh, or, or sure. nine, if he was to score 45 sure. goals this year or something crazy. I mean, I wouldn't be thinking that's what's going to happen, but they wanted to get ahead of the business and do it. Um, obviously there's a lot of teams that wish they did that in hindsight that left it to the very end of the ELC. And then yeah. they got to pay uh 10, 11 million. So uh, it could turn out to be smart business right now. It's a bit of an overpay, but I mean, we'll see, we'll see where it turns into. And just a couple depth ones of getting Svechnikov for the Sharks. And then, well, it, they're they're retaining the guy, Branstrom. I think a lot of Senators fans were a little concerned about that situation. And obviously, they're still trying to, like, 
figure out that defense situation, but branch from a 900 K like that's, there's no risk there it's at all. It's a great I mean, deal. It's, yeah. It's a completely yeah. prove it deal. And I think that's the same thing with like Svechnikov and the sharks, like 750 K like that's a couple of no risk deals. Um, it kind of sucks seeing like, well, for Vinny Svechnikov, he's got that Svechnikov last name and he's not really close to his brother, but uh, I mean, did you want to touch on one of them kind of your thoughts? I mean, obviously just more relevant with Branstrom with the Sens, like that, that defense is a little crowded there. I mean, we'll see if he gets a shot. Yeah. I mean, he'll be behind uh, as a lefty. He's going to be behind Shabbat. He's going to be behind maybe Sanderson. So, uh, you know, this is, it's getting to the point with Branstrom where it's like, he's got to prove that he's going to stick with Ottawa. I mean, it feels like it's been, you know, writing on the wall that he was going to get traded for so many, for a few years now. Um, so we'll see uh, what he kind of turns to and what opportunity he gets with Ottawa. Ottawa is obviously going to be a, a lot better this year, or they hope to be. So, uh, hopefully he's a, a key, key cog there. As far as Sveshnikov goes, uh, you know, with is San he a guy Jose- that just ends up getting traded at the deadline. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I think he's going to turn into. I think San Jose, they are not really challenging for much this year, uh, with, with their squad. So I think that what's going to end up happening is this these guys on last year's the last year of their deal uh, are probably going to get moved on as we get to the deadline and flip for assets. Uh, Cause I think the sharks could be, uh, you know, close to uh, the Bedard sweepstakes by the end of the year. That's my little take. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of said, yeah, I wouldn't mind that at all. I've always had a soft spot for the sharks. I wouldn't mind seeing Bedard in a shark's jersey. Uh, I like, I'd prefer that much more than the other alternatives, if I'm being honest. Yes. But... <laughs> not naming names, anyway. not naming names on any other yeah. teams. Um, so just to go over some r- recent trade chat. Um, so we've talked about a lot of teams targeting defensemen. Uh, two teams out there right now are the Canucks and the Kings. Uh, I did want to touch on that just because we're, we've been talking a lot about the Pacific division. So look out for that. Uh, I do know um, there's kind of the conversations with the Calgary flames and being crowded in that sense. Uh, so hopefully when you're watching this pod, that's that conversation is still relevant. Uh, but a couple other conversations, uh, the Rangers, younger guys in uh, Niels Lundqvist and Kravtsov, the Habs have been connected to those guys. Uh, so we'll see if something comes up of that. I know some people have thrown out like some scenarios where uh, whether it's like a Hoaglander with a Canucks or like, as I just said, Niels Lundqvist with the Rangers, a right shot defenseman. Uh, I saw a Rangers fan actually at me on Twitter and he said, uh, he asked me if I would be down for a Sandine for Niels Lundqvist one for one. Sandine, the left shot, Niels Lundqvist, the right shot. Uh, if you just move out Hall, then Lundqvist could be on the bottom pair with Giordano. I don't hate I don't hate the idea. I mean, it just depends on like Sandine and like, I don't know. I don't know what this guy thinks. He just watched Branstrom get 900K. So yeah. obviously there's not much leverage at this point. <laughs> uh, so we'll see what happens out of that. And then the only other thing, and Lucas, I wanted your thoughts just on kind of all of this is, yeah. uh, Ken, we've talked about it and there's just a lot of conversations about uh, the Jets and like, obviously people have talked about Shifley and he went on an interview uh, with uh, Sarah Orleski and then obviously all the Pierre-Luc Dubois conversations, but everyone just keep, like keeps forgetting about Blake Wheeler and like a couple years left over 8 million per year. Would, would he want to go back to the U S uh, the one scenario I actually saw in an article and I've seen it on cat friendly a couple of times is like Blake Wheeler to the Florida Panthers mm. and seeing a Patrick Hornquist that dump go the other way. So if mm. the jets were to retain a couple million off of Blake Wheeler and the, the apparently the Panthers have been trying to get rid of the Hornquist contract, the cap would match up pretty well. And then I've also seen the hot take of Blake Wheeler returning to the Boston Bruins with a couple of bad contracts of the likes of like a Felino and Forbert going the other way. Cause Oof. I mean, again, like 
the Felino contract, what, three and a, three and a bit, four yeah. three and a bit, that would match up. But again, I think the Jets would have to retain at least a couple million, maybe even close to three million on the cap. Uh, so Lucas, based on just everything I've talked about, I mean, I would say more so, I think the Blake Wheeler one's the most interesting. That's why I kind of finished it off there. Mm-hmm. Uh, on that conversation, do you, do you think the Jets might blow things up this year or blow things up coming up and Blake Wheeler being a part of that? <sighs> with the jets they're such a they're such a tough mystery. one to always predict every, every year john it's like are they going to make the playoffs and then they make noise sometimes are they just going to be kind of irrelevant by you know january february uh blake wheeler I, it always gets it's always sad to me when you see like a, a captain of a team you know he's approaching uh, you know father time's catching up and <laughs> he gets mo- moved on you know after after all these years and doesn't doesn't get the flowers uh that he kind of deserves for, for, for being the captain there for a while. But I I think that Blake Wheeler, obviously uh, if the jets aren't in, you know, a serious uh, playoff chase by the deadline, obviously it'll be on the table. Uh, I don't know if it'll be prior to the season and I'm knocking on wood because I was saying that with JT Miller and then he he signed, but, uh, but Blake Wheeler, obviously, like you said, they'll have to be retention. um, And I don't really know you know, how much value he brings as far as, you know, points go anymore. You know, he, in the he, second half of last year, he still, yeah, he still racked them up towards the end too. So yeah. And, and obviously the foot speed has always been a bit of an issue with, with Blake Wheeler, but um, I could see him on a team like Boston. That, that seems like a good fit. And obviously that's where he started. So that seems like a good story there. I liked, I, I wanted to touch on the Rangers bit of info there as well, uh, because the Rangers, it always seems like they hit, really hard or they miss really hard on their young players and you know we're going to see it with Lafreniere this year if he can really step in to and Kako and, and Kako I mean Kako I'm a little less high on just just lately uh Lafreniere I know as the playoffs went on he got a couple big goals and, and it's going to be interesting to see he's going to get elevated ice time with with uh Vitrano leaving uh, with cop leaving, right? So and I'm just going to spoil right now. We're talking about breakout players in this episode. Yeah. I'm so tired of seeing the Lafreniere disrespect. When this guy goes off, oh, I'll be laughing. <laughs> yeah, so that's why I wanted to touch on them because I feel like with the, the two players you mentioned, um, uh, like are Niels they... Niels Lundqvist and Kraftsoff. Niels yeah. Lundqvist, yes. Are, are they, you know, going to have an opportunity there? Um, are they going to be given, you know, a few weeks or a few games to, to prove themselves. And then all of a sudden it's pulled underneath them. I mean, time will tell. Um, but with the Rangers, it's always fascinating to see either their young players really succeed like a Fox or you see like a, a, a Kako thus far. Uh, you know, I don't want to write his, write his uh, script for this year. Maybe he breaks out, but uh, they're always a fun team to watch with their young players. Yeah, I think there's a, well, I, I think we say it every year, but I, I'd like to think there's a lot of just great storylines going into this year. And mm-hmm. obviously I think coming out of this off season, just like huge movement with a lot of teams and obviously big names uh, moved around. So uh, we're going to bring on off the wall hockey, talk about some breakout players, talk about some goalie tandem, some goalies to look out for this year. And uh, yeah, just honestly have a conversation about, uh, overall, some NHL names to look out for for the 2022-2023 season. So let's bring on John from Off the Wall Hockey. Welcome back to the Hot Take Hockey Podcast. I'm John here with Lucas and another legend, John from Off the Wall Hockey. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, bro. Guys, everyone watching, make sure you go subscribe to Off the Wall Hockey on YouTube. Link in the description. Uh, John, just before we get into our topics, uh, how are you feeling about? 
I know you're going to be doing a lot of stuff in your channel, but just going into the new season, uh, how are you feeling about everything hockey and NHL? Oh man, I'm so pumped. I'm so ready for hockey to be back. I feel like this off season's felt pretty long for me. So I just can't wait to get back into it. Really appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, man, honestly, thank you for coming on. And uh, yeah, so we're going to jump right into talking about some goalies. And uh, we've kind of already mentioned that we're having Kaskisuo uh, up here on this episode. So kind of a goalie topic here, talking about some goalie tandems and uh, a goalie kind of breakout conversation. So John, well, you're the guest. We'll shoot it to you first on, on one goalie you might want to talk about. Uh, who's a goalie that everyone should look out for this year? Oh man, Thatcher Demko up in Vancouver. I'm so high on him. Loved watching him in college and just the way that his career has gone to this point. Um, I just, I think he's a guy that because the Canucks had a tough year last year, kind of was overlooked and wasn't really talked about, but he single-handedly was winning Vancouver games at points last season. And I think he's a guy that if you get the team in front of him playing a little bit better, especially defensively, he could be one of those guys that jumps up into the conversation of being a top 10, top seven, maybe even top five goaltender potentially in this league with that you know, adequate play in front of him. And I just think he's a guy that has a chance to put up some really big numbers this season. Yeah. It's kind of funny. We actually just, we finished a Canucks podcast and our, a lot of our conversations were about Thatcher Demko. And honestly, I, I see some like goalie lists online or whatever it is. And I'm still like seeing Demko out of like, even like the top seven for some people. I'm just like, what is going on here? Like, I can understand seeing maybe goalies have success in the playoffs recently and kind of tether towards those guys, but watching Demko game to game and even seeing what, I mean, if Demko even goes to 80% of what he did in that bubble, yeah. uh, this guy is going to be a top three, top five goalie in the league for the next five uh, years. And, and I know Lucas, you alluded to, you talked about it as well. Like this I is couldn't agree more. You think, is so unreal. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, John hit it on the head too uh, when he's saying Thatcher Demko last year won Vancouver games on his own. Um, I remember one game last year, it was versus Toronto. Uh, it was at, Air, at Scotiabank Arena and Thatcher Demko stood on his head in that third period and, and won the Canucks the game. So I, I watched a handful of Canucks games where he did that last year and I agree wholeheartedly. I think he's going to be uh, dominant this year. Lucas, you got a goalie? on your list there. yeah you know what i'm gonna stick uh with uh the st louis blues theme that we were talking about before we hopped on the show uh and i'm gonna go with jordan bennington i think he's rebounding this year uh you know he had the pressure from Billy huso last year and he, he did lose his job um but i think this year uh he, he has got more of a backup behind him now with thomas grice and i think the blues uh they've revamped their, their core and they now have robert thomas jordan Kyrie. these guys really stepping into to bigger roles and i think the blues overall are a better team and i think you're going to see that in jordan bennington's win total uh defensively they're they've always been a pretty strong team so i see him rebounding and seeing those safe percentage goals against all the goalie stats going up for him as opposed to uh last year where it was probably his worst uh career season what about yes. you john I was going to say this whole conversation connects here. It's like 
John here on the chat, not to, not to rub it in any sense, but John here, a Bruins fan. We're talking about <laughs> Bennington beat the Bruins oh, yeah. then connecting. John talks about Demko Demko smacked the blues in the playoffs in the yep. bubble. And now I'm going to continue the blues conversation a little bit, a former blue here. And not to say that I think this tandem is going to be absolutely unreal, but I'm so fascinated by how this tandem will do. And it's the Red Wings tandem mm. looking at Billy Huso and Nedeljkovic. I think it's so fascinating because you look at what you just said about Huso is like, he's a guy that was like the one B situation. Then he kind of broke out in some games and struggled late. Like my only concern, and, and I, I feel like this is just a funny name, but like, I always, I, I kind of revert it back to like what Carolina was hoping in Scott Darling. Like I hope Billy Huso is not the Scott Darling effect. Like I, I want him to be like the successful story, like not, not like one of those darling stories. So I think whether it's Huso or Nedeljkovic, I think they'll give each other healthy competition. Uh, Nedeljkovic, I think even talking to a couple of Red Wings fans, I've talked to my buddy today about it is like Nedeljkovic in some games show that he could be so dominant and just they're both behind like such a weak. I, I still call it a weak Red Wings defense because the only significant move they made was overpaying for Ben Sherrod. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, if one of those goalies can go off and give each other healthy competition, I, I'm really fascinated by that tandem. And then, uh, I mean, John, you're in an Atlantic division, like you're a fan of an Atlantic division team as well. Like this Atlantic division got so competitive so fast. It's oh, insane. Yeah, yeah um, it's going to be nuts. Yeah. And I was just going to quickly, I know you were talking about another goalie, not. Uh, not in the Eastern Conference, in the other conference, and uh, was just in the news lately. Uh, who's your other goalie to talk yeah, about? Yeah, Jake Ottinger down in Dallas just got a fresh new contract, a contract that I think is an absolute steal for him because he's another one of these young up-and-coming guys that I think has potential Vesna possibilities in the future. And the way that he played in the playoff series last year against Calgary in the first round, I think even though they lost that series, was kind of the coming out party on a more broad scale for Jake Ottinger for how good of a goaltender that he is. But I honestly, I think this has been coming with Ottinger and he's a guy that I think similar to Demko is going to work himself up into that top 10, top seven, top five category of goaltender and potentially has a Vesna trophy in his future. If he continues on this path man, what he showed in that Flames series, like they're not even touching, like I don't even know if they're touching five games in that series without yeah. on injury. Yeah. Like, I, honestly, that was nuts. He almost won the series like by himself. Like yeah. Johnny Goudreau had yeah. to literally like slice that right in the absolute <laughs> top corner off the weirdest angle ever to beat on Like that's what it took to beat him in game seven overtime. So uh, Lucas, sliding it back to you, do you have a do you have another goalie in mind? I got one that I'm so fascinated by, and I was last year as well. Um, and you know what? It didn't come to fruition like I thought it was. And that's Spencer Knight down in Florida. Is this the year Spencer Knight is going to get the keys and get more games? Uh, I I don't know the answer to it, but eventually you have to think that's what's going to happen here in Florida. Bobrovsky is getting a little bit long in the tooth, uh, and we know on the big contract that he's on. He had a decent season last year, but you've got to start giving some games to Spencer Knight. He's got the talent. He's got a great team there. Let's see him get, you know, a good chunk of 40 games. I would think, you know, start splitting the season in half between the two, at least Uh, I'm really high on this guy. And I think that if the Panthers go with him, uh, I think that uh, they're, they will once again, be one of the best teams in the Atlantic division. And uh, yeah, honestly, 
but I think it's so interesting with the Bobrovsky situation because it's like the Panthers, like even like how rumors have kind of slipped in on like them trying to offload that contract. Like obviously that's like to give the full range to Spencer Knight and give mm-hmm. him that confidence. Kind of what you t- like talked about with certain goalies, like obviously healthy competition works in some scenarios, but some goalies, they really battle with having that like lingering behind them, having another goalie right there and having that pressure. It just doesn't work with some goalies. Uh, so I do want to just kind of discuss two really interesting scenarios. One being more on a successful situation in Colorado, Georgiev and Francis. I think that one's really interesting. And I think obviously a really successful season team. And Lucas, I think you're a little nervous on me bringing this up, but little two-time cup champ and Matt Murray with uh, Sam Sonoff. So I think these two are the biggest question mark tandems in terms of being on good teams, at least two, two good season teams, then Colorado being obviously the team that just coming off a, a cup. So John, I kind of want to just, throw it to you obviously uh you can throw a little leafs hate in here but uh just off those two tandems being like huge question marks i'm, I'm kind of because lucas and i maybe a little leafs uh glasses on or something but uh call you can talk about the colorado one first but are, do you have doubt in both these tandems because they're, they're huge question mark tandems i mean georgiev could be a breakout guy and maybe sam sonoff bounces back but what are your kind of thoughts on these tandems yeah i just it's so it's so interesting teams that are you know are expected to do so well and are high level hockey teams going in with goaltending being the question with it being what i believe the most important position in hockey and for for colorado i i think georgiev has shown some flashes that he can be a really solid goaltender and obviously was never going to get that chance with Shesterkin being already an elite guy with the Rangers. So, and I think that, you know, Frenzaus has had enough of experience there as the backup where he's a really solid guy to be that one B type guy where Georgiev can kind of lean on him a little bit if he needs to. So I'm not, they also have just elite, ridiculous team in front of them. So I'm not as worried about it with Colorado just because that team is so good. And I've seen the flashes with those. Toronto, I think, is a bit more of a question mark to me just because Samsonov had all this hype about him coming up with Washington and never lived up to it. Like At no point during Samsonov's tenure with the Capitals after that first year was I like, this guy's a franchise goalie or this guy's the future starter taking the reins. He never took that next step to grab that opportunity and run with it. And that has me a little bit worried. And then Matt Murray, I mean, just you don't see careers like this very often where this guy comes in as a cup winner right away. Looks like, you know, an immediate replacement for Marc-Andre Fleury and this future superstar. And it's just all downhill from there. I, I think Murray has some bounce back ability just because. You know, we saw it a little bit with Ottawa where, you know, last season there were some stretches where he actually played pretty well. Didn't have a great team in front of him. Obviously, Ottawa might be quite a bit better this year, should be quite a bit better this year. But I think, you know, there's still some potential there. But honestly, I think Samsonov might be the guy that might come out and kind of take the reins a little bit and be like, okay, this is the opportunity where he's going to grab it. This is a potential that we saw early in his Capitals career. But that's definitely a question mark that you're hoping that the Leafs can score enough goals. And with that offense, they might be able to, to kind of take some of the pressure off of that goaltending. 
Man, and I'll say, and I, I know Lucas, you're telling me offline, you're you're staying away from those two leaf guys in fantasy. <sighs> I don't oh, know. Definitely. I don't know, if, man. <laughs> if you if someone had like if someone was like pressuring you to pick between one of them in in a fantasy situation or or a successful situation, do you have like a little bit of a instinct on it? I wish I could go against John and start a bit of a debate right now, but I'm also slightly on the Samsonov side. I think that uh you know, the potential that he hasn't shown yet. I think everyone's waiting for him to finally put the pieces together. Uh, so I would slightly go towards him. Uh, but I, at the end of the day, I think it's going to almost end up being a split. Uh, you know, if there wasn't injuries, as long as there's no big injuries that uh, take place. And when then when playoffs roll around, it's just whoever's the hotter guy at that time, I'm, I, I think for Toronto. Yeah, don't worry. Don't worry, Matt Murray. If you're watching this video, <laughs> I believe in you. All right. Anyways, the last guy I want to throw in just to quickly, just us kind of transition into the breakout player conversation is making a statement here. It's pretty clear. Sorokin will be the make or break for the Islanders. I just wanted to add in that in terms of goalie conversation, Islanders are so like on the borderline. They did nothing. And Sorokin, I feel like we just talked about Demko and Ottinger here with John Sorokin's that guy for me too, where it's like, he could jump into that top five category very quickly if he does like what we've seen with like Demko with the Canucks or, or Ottinger with the stars, he could be that guy that carries the Islanders a bit. So um, I do want to transition to the breakout conversation. Uh, we've been talking a lot about the Atlantic division. So John, I'll throw it back to you. Do you have a couple breakout players uh, in that Atlantic division we should look out for? Uh, immediate one that comes to mind for me is Jake Sanderson with the Ottawa Senators. I mean, that's a team that if there's anywhere left that you're looking that, you know, might be a little weaker, it's the blue line. And now they've got Sanderson coming in and I just, the potential he has, I think to be a lockdown top pair guy is, is phenomenal. And I, I don't think he, he, I Maurice Sider set such a high bar last year as a first year rookie coming in and immediately being a number one defenseman. I don't think Sanderson's going to have that offense in him, at least not right away. But I think from a defensive standpoint and being a little bit more of a rock back there for them defensively, they've got Thomas Shabbat to put up, you know, 50, 60 points and play the power play and put up the points. They need that defensive guy. I think Sanderson has the tools to come in and be a lockdown defensive player for Ottawa significantly improve that blue line right away. And then we know the moves they've made up front. I mean, that this is a team that's starting to get really dangerous. Yeah. Honestly, I think if Sanderson's given the right opportunity, obviously if he's healthy, then I think he could be, uh, like I said, that pressure, or like you said, the pressure off and uh, maybe he kind of uh, gets some good looks this year. Uh, Lucas, you got one in the Atlantic. Okay. Well, Ah, you guys got to check me and tell me if this counts as a breakout player. Um, but I would go, uh, you know, I'm going to go with Cole Caulfield uh, because I think la at the end of last year, does that, first valid. of all, first of all, is that valid as a breakout player? I think that's valid. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I think last year was the year everyone was expecting him to really blossom and break out. Um, but obviously at the start of the year with uh, Ducharme, the way he was utilizing him and then going down to the minors, Caulfield, you know, had, was stuck on one goal for a while. Uh, he, you really saw what he could turn into at the end of the season. And although Montreal doesn't have the strongest team, I think he's going to be a huge bright spot for, for, for a, a pretty poor team that they are as of right now. Uh, and I can see him, you know, getting near that 30 goal mark, if not exceeding it. Uh, because I think when Montreal starts to really get good and get out of this rebuild, 
he's a slam dunk 30 35 goal scorer every year if not more he's got that he's got that shot and that skill to do so yeah honestly i i like the take i think montreal this is my kind of my dilemma with montreal i understand everyone like wants to just like place them at the bottom of the atlantic division but if like you have some of these young guys like really showing well this year and like they have a lot of the like their character guys from the stanley cup final run so i'm just saying like don't be surprised if Montreal's not in the basement because, yeah. again, I think that Atlantic division is so unpredictable. Um, and talk about the Atlantic division, just to name a couple, like obviously I think everyone's going to have their eyes on Owen Power this year. Mm-hmm. But in terms of a guy that could actually, I think, finally break out and if he maybe gets that role, uh, obviously I think they'll probably try to run back the Tage Thompson, uh, Skinner, and Tuck line. But I think Dylan Cousins could break out. I think Dylan Cousins could be a really intriguing name. So I wanted to put that name out there. And I'm not to say that he's going to break out yet, but I just keep an eye on Lukanen. I think if Comrie, like Comrie, Lukanen, like that situation is interesting to me. So my guy for Buffalo is definitely uh, Dylan Cousins. That would be kind of my hot take for a breakout player. And I do think Buffalo, I mean, it's kind of funny. I feel like a year ago we were laughing at the Sabres, but I, I wouldn't laugh at them anymore, especially if they can get another top like three or top five pick in the upcoming draft. Mm-hmm. They're going to, I think they're going to have a future, man, like a crazy future. Uh, so just kind of transitioning to another Eastern conference division here. Uh, John, do you have one in the Metro that people should look out for that could uh, absolutely just break out this year? Kent Johnson. I mean, Columbus Ooh. is <laughs> making moves. I mean, they went out, they got Johnny Goodrow. Cole Sillinger looked pretty good last year as a rookie. And I think he's going to continue to get better. They were able to re-sign Patrick Line. I think that Line and Goodrow together is going to be dynamic. Then you've got Kent Johnson, who is, you know, a smaller player, really shifty, really good hands. Uh, we saw you know, the incredible playmaking and scoring ability in world juniors. We saw what he did at the university of Michigan on that loaded team. He racked up points there. This is a guy that, you know, got a little bit of a taste at the end of last year, but assuming that he's going to get a full NHL season this year, I think we could see some serious point totals out of him. And Columbus has quite a few young guys that I I feel like their young core is a little bit under the radar because it's Columbus and nobody (laughs) really talks about the Blue Jackets. They've got a lot of young players. Johnson, I think, being one of them that has high, high potential and could really start making that team look a lot better than what we've seen the past couple of years. Man, I, I mean, I fully agree. I think the Jackets are definitely overlooked. Um, I mean, Kent Johnson coming off that World Junior game-winning goal. I, I hope we see a yep. big year out of him. Uh, Lucas, you got one in the Metro? I actually had Kent Johnson on my list, but my my one in the Metro that I think people are sleeping on a little bit uh, is Sammy Blay of the Rangers. Obviously, he didn't play Ooh. a lot last year. Uh, you know, he was injured uh, last year, so he missed the season. And he came back in that Buchnevich trade, which does not look good for the Rangers whatsoever. Uh, but I think Sammy Blay uh, is going to have a, a, probably a career year for himself. Listen, this guy, I don't think he scored more than 30 points in a season. Uh, and if he has, I think it was maybe one time he got around that 30 point mark. I think with the opportunity he's going to get on the wing um, in New York with Vetrano leaving, with Cop leaving, with this uncertainty again on Kako and Lafreniere, I can see Sammy Blay getting some talks to, uh, top six time and also playing with Philip Heedle and maybe a little connection there. So let's throw that one out there. Sammy Blay. Man, I like this blues trend from Lucas over here. (laughs) (laughs) I like where it's going. And yeah, I mean, you know what? Sammy Blay, 
I, I feel like it's probably a mix of like a breakout slash like kind of what you said. He hasn't really had the production. So I don't know if you could even categorize him as a bounce back, but like, mm-hmm. I guess off the injury, a bounce back in and maybe breaking out. I feel like he was showing signs. And I think with his frame, he could, he could show something uh, for me, another New York team. And I, I think when we talk about bounce back, we'll probably do it in another episode, but Barzell's got to bounce back. But the breakout guy on the Islanders is Oliver Wallstrom. Like I, mm-hmm. I think with Barry Trotz gone, I think let Wallstrom free, please let him absolutely go nuts. I think this guy's going to, honestly, if I could throw a hot take on this episode right now, I think Wallstrom's going to put 25 plus in the, wow. I think Wallstrom is just going to go crazy. So Wallstrom would be probably my take for breakout. I am wearing Carolina. So I also have to talk about this guy because it's like, we have to just circle back to the Leafs connection here. When the Leafs decided to trade a first round pick to get rid of the Marlowe contract and the Carolina hurricanes decided to draft a guy named Seth Jarvis. I think Jarvis is going to be freaking nasty this year. Mm-hmm. He showed sides of the last year. So two guys in the Metro division that uh, I think two right shot guys, two guys that are probably going to be so gross this year, Seth Jarvis and Oliver Wallstrom are my two. Um, let's go to the central division. Uh, John, do you got one in the central? Oh man. Central. And my immediate look is to the Minnesota wild. And I wonder, is this finally the year for Marco Rossi? Like, they, need Rossi that, Minnesota. they need that center depth. They need a young talented center to break out and come into that lineup. And you know we're waiting on Rossi obviously he's had some setbacks already early in his career he had the COVID issues he had the injury issues but it's like we're waiting for him to bust through he played a couple games last year but didn't really show out didn't go all that well but he had a good year in the AHL I'm going to be watching him super close and in the preseason and training camp because I think if he can earn himself a roster spot he could jump up and play a really big offensive role with this team really early on, just because you look at that, the way Minnesota is composed. I mean, I love the wild. They've got a lot of hard workers. They've got a lot of real gritty, you know, tough stay, you know, do everything for their teammates kind of guys, but they're, Outside of Kaprizov, and Boldy's really coming into his own now, they're missing that high, high end talent. And I think Rossi has that high, high end talent. It's just, is that NHL ready yet? But he's got a chance to really put up some numbers when he is NHL ready for that team. Man, I think, I think you're right, like on it there, because I just think if there was a time for Rossi to really see, even like, I'm not saying that like the wild are going to be a playoff team or not a playoff team. I think they're going to be kind of on the border there. So we'll see what they do with like a guy like Freddie Goudreau, but Rossi will get an opportunity at the middle at some point over the next year or two. And mm-hmm. like, once he does, I would imagine he has a chance to break out. Uh, Lucas, if you don't say Perunovic for the blues here, I'm going to be really disappointed. I'm going to steer wide at Perunovic. I think he's going to be, <laughs> I think he's going to be really good, but uh <laughs> Listen, I feel like when we talk about breakout players, it's always about the opportunity that they're getting. Like we've talked about with Sillinger, Kent Johnson, you know, they like we're talking about with Rossi here. Uh, it's not just are they, do they have the skill to blossom? It's do they get the opportunity? And as far as uh, my pick for Colorado, it's, it's a Colorado Avalanche player. Uh, I think his his come out was really in the playoffs last year, but I think Arturi Lekkonen is going to be a top six staple all year. And with Kadri leaving, uh, it opens up, you know, some room for him to to stay in that top six. And I noticed Colorado last year, they got away from that Landis, Scott, and McKinnon line and started to, to balance themselves a little more. I can see Lekkonen playing with McKinnon qu- quite a bit throughout the season, five on five, and also being on that power play in Kadri's spot. So 
I think he's going to shatter his uh, his point totals uh, as far as a career season because his career high in points is 31. Our Terry Lekkinen, keep an eye on this guy in Colorado. Man, I love that pick, Lucas. I Because, you know, I feel like when we talk about breakout players, it's like we always want to talk about the younger guys. So I actually yeah. love that you're taking it that way because I think when you – yeah, what you said, like Burakovsky gone, Kadri gone. Lekkinen showed a little bit more of that offense. And, like, he's going back-to-back years with scoring, like, huge goals in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's like in, in like, flips oh, yeah. that are just going to be all, like, around for a while. So, man, I like it. I, I think, in Le- like, if Lekkinen was on a line with, like, Nate for a bit, like, this guy could probably put up, like, 50, 60 points maybe. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, I got a couple of names here, and it's a guy that's been lurking, always been really underrated. And my hot take would be Philip Tomasino with the National Predators. I think – even like a guy like Tolvin with Nashville is always really intriguing to me, but Tomasino, if I had to throw just a sprinkle, another name in there, I'm really intrigued by Cole Perfetti in Winnipeg, but Tomasino is my hot take. And I, and I do think what we saw from Tomasino with team Canada, what we saw from Tomasino in certain spurts with Nashville in the bottom six, I think just give this guy power play time, give this guy a chance in the top nine. I love Tomasino. So that'd be my pick uh, in the central. Uh, John, do you got one in the Pacific division? I'll spoil this right now. My rookie of the year pick right now, Maddie Beniers. You got mine. You got mine, Johnny. <laughs> there I, he is. I honestly think we could see 70 plus points from Maddie Beniers this year. Oh, like, I love it. He had nine points in 10 games in his little cup of coffee at the end of last year. He's probably going to step right in to be their number one center. It, it, incredible two-way player already at a very young age which a lot of times the defensive side of the game takes a little bit to learn and get to that level this guy is a great two-way player right from the get-go incredible another Michigan guy coming from that loaded Michigan team and in college last year in the last couple years and I just with the opportunity that he's going to have with the added goal scores that Seattle has added this offseason trading for Bjorkstrand bringing in Burakovsky you know, McCann had a good year last year. The opportunity is there for him to just rip it up. He's going to get power play time. He's probably going to be playing with great goal scorers in the top six on five on five. Like I just, I have such high hopes and high expectations for what Matty Beniers can do this year. I honestly could see him 70 plus points in rookie of the year. I yeah, love that. Pick. I love it. I, I love, love the take. It. I absolutely love the take. Lucas, uh, all right, you, so, you got you got it stolen. You got to you got to adjust here Be on the fly. Forward. On the fly. All right, uh, I picked forwards up to this point. I'm going to go with the defenseman, uh, Evan Bouchard in Edmonton. He's going to get he is going to get so much ice time up there. Um, and you know, right right hand shot. He's going to get so many minutes. I think so that Evan, 43 points last year for Bouchard. You're going to say he's going to add 20 to that or what? He is going to well exceed that 43. A hundred percent. He's in the mid fifties. I'm telling you right now, Evan Bouchard, book it. That's my pick. Oh my, Raybro's going to love you for that. <laughs> uh, anyways. Yeah. I, I honestly, I had that on my mind, but talk about another right shot defenseman for the ducks. And he's going to be one of my favorite players to watch. I already know it. Jamie Drysdale. Ooh. Everyone's going to talk about McTavish this year. Everyone's going to talk about Zegris. Throw some respect on my guy, Drysdale. He's going to go off on that right side. So Drysdale's my pick. Uh, as we're closing out here, and we're going to bring on our uh, interview here with Kaskasuo, I do want to say, because Lucas, we talked about it earlier, I really hope, I know Lafreniere's in the Metro here, but the Lafreniere byfield, like, we're, we didn't talk about Stutzla, but I, I feel like everyone's saying Stutzla's going to break out. So, like, 
I, I think Stutzel's going to break out. I think we can all agree probably Stutzel's going to go off this year, especially if he's playing with Drew and Debrinkit. So mm-hmm. to me, I don't think that's much of a hot take at all. We're on hot take hockey here. That's an obvious take. Byfield and Lafreniere, please. I want to see both those guys just absolutely go off this year. So I had to add those two guys into the conversation because I do want to see those guys go off. I think Byfield could be a big part of LA up the middle being really dangerous. And I think if Lafreniere, kind of what you talked about with like guys like Sammy Blay, Kravstoff, closing out that maybe top nine for the Rangers. Kako, Lafreniere, like I saw Lafreniere get physical in that playoffs, And I'm like, man, if this guy can have an overall game, like he is going to be electric. And I always refer it back to the Johnny Huberto effect. Huberto was an early pick for Florida and he was always kind of like there and he, he never broke out for a while. And then Huberto now is one of the best wingers in the game. So I'm always like, sometimes let's be patient. Let's be yeah. patient with Lafreniere. Cause I still think there's a lot there with, uh, Alexi Lafreniere. So, John, man, you're an absolute freaking legend. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we're going to be bringing on Casimir Cascasuo. Uh, but, John, any last words? And what do you got coming up on the channel? Like, again, make sure you guys go subscribe to Off the Wall Hockey. Oh, man, just super pumped to get back into hockey. Um, I'm going to be streaming a lot this year, doing as many games as I can. Uh, actually, the rookie tournaments are starting to come up, and I might try and live stream uh, during some of those this year. Um, Cause I find those super interesting just with all the young players. And I feel like they're not really talked about a whole lot in the hockey world. Everyone's kind of waiting for the preseason, but it's like that week before you've got all these rookies playing. So I'm going to try and cover those a little bit and just really excited to get back into hockey and start watching games again, streaming games again. And uh, just so excited for this season. I think it's going to be a great one. Yeah, I feel that big time. All right, well, we got uh, we got the legend here, John from Off the Wall Hockey, and Lucas, big time legendary moment, getting a solo interview with Casimir Cascasuo. So, bring it to Lucas and Casimir. Welcome everybody to the Hot Take Hockey Podcast. I'd like to introduce a guest that we're very fortunate to have join us here today. He's a goaltender from Finland who currently plays overseas in the Swedish league with Lexens IF. This netminder also played in two NHL games with the Leafs and the Predators. Let's welcome Casimir Kaskuso to the show. How's it going, Casimir? Where are you at right now? Thanks for having me. Yeah, like you said, uh, here in here in Lexington, Sweden. I've uh, been here just just under a month and a couple more weeks until regular season kicks off. So it's full full preparation. Awesome, awesome. Good to hear. So I know our communication really started. I mean, we can go back to to 2016. You know, as a Leafs fan growing up, uh, I shot you a message when you got that first contract uh, and that that big breakthrough. Uh, and it was great to see you respond back to me back then. I really appreciate it. Uh, so let's start. Oh, th- yeah, yeah. Good to hear. Good to hear that I reply. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. It was awesome. Uh, you know, this is what six years ago now. So I was a little bit younger. It was great to see that response come back. Maybe let's just start there. And uh, you know, the emotion that went into you know the day of signing that first contract, and as well as just all the buildup of you know uh, your career prior to to getting that contract. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, uh, I left after two years of college at Minnesota Duluth, and um, I st- started off as pretty much twenty-one-year-old freshman. And at the at the time I signed, I think um, I was I was just turning twenty-three, and um, felt like I had two good years in of college hockey, and uh, it was the time to, uh, you know, hopefully hopefully get an NHL deal and take the step to pro and which is something I obviously dreamed of and worked my whole life, life for. And, um, yeah, when, 
Uh, okay, nothing kind of happened until until the season ended in college. It kind of ends a little earlier than than the pro. And uh, yeah, just when the season's over, just kind of waiting with my with my agent, like what 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 offers are and like what teams and uh, it sounded like the Leafs were the most interested. So um, yeah, and like the the situation of the team at the time when uh, it was the summer, it was the season before they drafted Matthews and. Mm. Uh, a couple t- a couple tough years yeah rebuilding years <laughs> yeah, yeah um and obviously goaltending you know like they were revamping the whole system so uh and obviously Toronto being a hockey town so it's it was a pretty easy decision to uh to jump jump aboard awesome awesome I wanted to get into a bit of your like psychology you know as a goalie and what drew you to the position you know as as uh, a kid um you know my background, I played a bit of hockey growing up. Um, I was a winger, so nothing like yourself. But my father, he was a goalie growing up, and he tried to put me into it. He, he strapped the pads on me as a, at a young age, got shelled like seven or eight goals in a couple of games I played. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's just get into that. I'm curious to what drew you to the position uh, as a goaltender. Yeah, it, can, it definitely can be mentally tough. <laughs> Not for everyone. But, yeah, yeah I've, I've seen some some footage of myself that two and a half, three years old at skating school, like standing in front of the net at the, on the old tape recorders. And um, so I guess ever since day one, it's been, it's been goaltending and Finland won uh, world championships, 95, I was born 93. And um, obviously the goalie is a a big part of that. And I think it's just the equipment and the gear. And then uh, I feel like it just fits for the, Finnish mentality of just kind of being through yourself and being quiet and calm and uh yeah it just fits my personality perfect to be a goalie got it got it um as far as when you were growing up and you know you got into that goalie position uh you know Finland's known for producing great goaltenders over the years uh you know one of my favorite goalies as a kid was was Mika Kiprasov I was curious uh you know who were some of your you know goalie idols growing up if you followed the NHL uh, you know, when you were growing up and yeah, just, just goaltenders that you were drawn to, whether it be because of their style or just their, uh, their, the swagger that they had on the ice or, you know, that sort of thing. What goaltenders were you drawn to? Yeah. Keeper was huge for me. Um, I think we had a tournament in, in Ottawa when we were 10, 10 years old, something like that. And I just had to get a Calgary Jersey and that's all because of Kipper. So followed him a lot for sure. And then, obviously, Pekarina, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was pretty cool to be with him on the same team, teammates in Nashville. Uh, but, yeah, and then I think the biggest one always was Gary Lehtinen, who played for mm-hmm. Atlanta and, and Dallas. And just kind of he, he came up from the same same organization in Helsinki, Jokerit, that I did. And um, just kind of he, he won the championship in Finland when he was, like, 18 or 19 and obviously drafted second overall and mm-hmm. um yeah just always always followed his career and he was always kind of the the number one guy for me yeah yeah it's cool when <clears throat> when you touch on like Kari Letson and for me as a kid I went to like quite a few Leaf games growing up I was fortunate in that way but for some reason I felt like I went to a lot of uh Leafs Thrashers games and so I saw like Letton live quite a bit and uh and then again the Leafs were going through a rebuilding <laughs> time so they were getting beat by Kovalchuk and, and, and that team back then. 
but uh, yeah, so I want to touch on your, your Nashville experience as well. Um, I've watched like quite a few of your vlogs on YouTube and we can get into that later as well. I love your editing style and, and all of that. But as far as Nashville goes, um, you know, that, that must've been awesome being with, with Renee, like you said, um, and, and learning from guys like him and Soros and how, how do you, uh, how do you look at your time in, in Nashville? Yeah, hundred percent. Those guys, I mean, <clears throat> I only played 15 minutes the whole COVID mm-hmm. season being stuck in the Texas squad, but you know, just getting to show up to the rink every day and like hang out with those guys and learn from them and watch them. It just, it made that whole whole experience pretty pretty special and tolerable because <laughs> it could have could have been it was pretty taxing at times uh just you know not playing and practicing early and all that all that stuff with the covid restrictions but uh <clears throat> yeah that was obviously like obviously doubled my nhl games my yeah. my time in nashville one from one to two so i'm very thankful for that and obviously just you know um more so what happened on the ice it was more the off season off ice stuff and you know being in that environment with those guys mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. cool um yeah i mean i i remember your your leaf start very well because i follow that team pretty closely and uh i remember on i think it would have been this I, the reason i remember i think it's the 16th they played pittsburgh and you started that game is because i think it was the 20th that babcock had got fired um and let go so as far as that game partly my fault (laughs) uh, i wouldn't go that far because they were already they were reeling at that time but that uh that pittsburgh game you know shot into your first nhl game on the ice against like the superstars that pittsburgh has and and uh you know with the with the state of the leafs at that time reeling a little bit um i remember watching it thinking this guy's battling and you made like so many unbelievable stops but still the fact that like the score line was very lopsided because of, of the way the game was played out how did uh how was that first experience for you yeah i mean i i look back and nothing but good things i was like you yep. said like i i'm happy that i was able to you know play my game mm-hmm. and uh play well even though no matter what the score says but i i felt like it's something that i can definitely play in the league and you know belong in and can compete and uh, help the team so uh yeah a lot of tough chances but I guess it's also good that you know um the first game is a start and you get tested hard and you know so there's just very very good memories from the whole whole thing and obviously very special you know waiting waiting that long to you know get a debut something that you know, I never, I never took for granted or ever mm-hmm. sometimes thought might never happen. So, um, yeah, just looking back, just, just all positivity and happy how it all played out. Awesome. Um, is, is the goal at some point, you know, I, I know we can get into your, your mm-hmm. life in Sweden now and, and how you're enjoying it there. Um, but it is, is the goal at some point to perhaps try to make uh, a return to the NHL or, uh, is it just season by season grinding uh, in the SHL right now and seeing where that takes you? Yeah, I mean, it's always been my goal. And I feel like my own, my career has always progressed forward each year. And mm-hmm. um, just, you know, that's that's where I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would stop showing up to the rink if my goals weren't in the NHL and with mm-hmm. the Stanley Cup, that like the long-term plan. 
obviously coming off my last season in Toronto, I made my debut. Like I would like to say I earned my debut, which is not because of injuries and getting mm-hmm. somebody getting pulled. So I'm happy about that as well. Um, and then selected to the AHL All-Star game. I feel like, you know, just taking the right steps and then going to Nashville and not like just circumstances were what they were and, you know, not being able to play for a full year. And then how how the whole season was messed up, the timelines and free agency would have been so late during the summer. And uh, like I said, I hadn't played any, any games and I didn't really know where my what the teams that we're interested in and what where the value is and I had a you know the opportunity to come here and it's a get you know great great opportunity and uh <clears throat> that was right after the season ended so obviously yeah. the timeline it's like the jobs are going to go away faster over here in Europe and you you wait for a week and then the, it's already filled so mm-hmm. and then you I would have waited till free agency and who knows be out of a job mm-hmm. you know, like worst case scenario so I think it was at the time, it was the perfect, perfect opportunity to come here and, um, you know, get back to playing a lot. So, and that that worked out perfect because obviously Sweden is, I see it as a better league than, than the American Hockey League. So, yep. for my career, it's also a step up from the leagues I've played in. And also last year, got to play, I played the most games in the in the league as a goalie. So, yeah, it was, from, I remember it's I looked- just what... I looked yeah, it up and I saw I, 46, I think he played 46 games and, and the Swedish elite league plays what about 50 something games, 52, 52, I so. think 47, 47 46. games. Wow. 52, so, yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was just when I needed and like obviously taking the step to getting more game experience and playing a lot and getting used to it. And, uh, yeah, obviously was, was hoping to, uh, you know, go back to North America and was open for offers this off season, but uh, nothing, nothing that planned out. So uh, yeah, I'm just happy to be back here and kind of, kind of build on that. And it was good to, you know, first, first day I was back here and it felt like I just left yesterday. So it's yeah. something nice to like, like build on a lot of the old teammates are here. So uh, <clears throat> not that you're jumping in a completely new situation again. So I'm, you know, just happy that I get to, come here and be in a good environment where I where I was successful and uh you know make the most of it and work take more steps towards the NHL nice nice uh as far as off the ice on the media side uh I come from a background I graduated uh from a media studies program here in Toronto uh and I'm I'm working at the at the league now doing some digital marketing uh with our corporate partners and stuff like that uh so I know you're very into uh your media side and I, th- I find that very unique about you. I really like that, that you, uh, you film these, these, uh, these vlogs and you post them to YouTube. And I love how you get like practices and, uh, you know, warm ups and all that. It shows, you know, the consumer and the fan, the behind the scenes of what it looks like from, from the player's point of view. And I think that's awesome. Um, so was that something you were always drawn to? Is that something you just said, you know what, one day I just, I want to do this or, did you jump into it and, and just take it from there? What was that, you know, that start of, uh, of that curiosity of the media side? Um, I think I have to thank COVID for this. Yeah. Uh, the, the one, maybe the one thing, the one thing. I'm thankful for COVID. Yeah. So obviously never, never would I have expected to, to 
do anything like this and obviously in hockey and as a goalie like even in Toronto they were saying like the less the less you attention you bring to yourself the better and um <clears throat> but obviously that's that's Toronto for you too. yeah but, Toronto <laughs> um yeah but just going into the bubble with Toronto for the playoffs and seeing some NBA players post videos from their bubble since they had it a little earlier and I was like well, I'm the third guy in the Leafs. Like, I'm not playing here. It's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. And I, me as a hockey fan, I've been deprived of hockey content for how long it was, you yep. know? Yep. Almost almost six months. And, yeah, I just looked up those guys, what they're doing, and then kind of – I think I was filming on my, my phone or my wife ended up sending my old, like, GoPro 4 with that, like – just beat up and yeah so i was filming on those things and just you know made sure the team is okay with that and they still they wanted to check all the videos mm-hmm. that i'm not breaking any of those covid rules or anything like that um before i post them and then yeah it hit publish and tweeted it out and got a little bit of help from the nhl and the maple leaves on, on the twitter side of things that yeah. kind of exploded the whole thing and um yeah ever since day one it's fans have loved it and that's the kind of whole thing i like why i keep doing it so and i bet i enjoy doing it too especially here in a small town in sweden and uh <clears throat> i got a lot of a lot of time in my hands so it's kind of fun to like whether it's vlogs or something else and, and my wife is passionate about that stuff as well so mm-hmm. we're kind of kind of doing all these things together and then um yeah also something to look back on too like when retired and grandkids maybe and you know show that like this is this is what i what life was like when i was in the nhl you know yeah that's awesome i i find that uh you know i i felt like my whole adolescent years and into my young adult years uh i've been one of those people that really likes to enjoy the moment and not take videos and photos and and, and have that for myself. Cause I like being in the moment so much, but as I look back on it now, I'm like, dang, I wish I took a video of that concert or that beach day or that whatever memory. So there's like a balance yeah. with it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm definitely stringing more towards that now, or even with my own girlfriend, she's like, we got to take more photos, videos, get this stuff, uh, you know, for our own memory. Right. Um, yeah, for sure. Now, now too, like, cause now like, during the season like it's more like uh it's episodes and like, yeah. i have to like keep up and like then we go on the road and i'm like i'm like stressed out about like what what do i have to get you yeah. know with my camera not, not just like so it's like if i miss out on like forget to like morning skate and like you know first part of travel i forget to film and i'm like oh my god like i missed that part out, but yeah yeah yeah, but it's 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 been good because like obviously I'm still like very worried and very like like what my teammates think like what if what if like an NHL GM sees these like like mm. it's just like very like still like unknown area for me and I'm not that comfortable with doing that but it's good that it's successful and fans seem to love it and I feel like everybody knows by now so I shouldn't I shouldn't be that worried, that worried. Yeah. Yeah. Or hide it that much because I still think like there's a lot of guys in the team who've never seen my camera which is kind of how I like to keep it 
yeah. very still like film like this and I hear footsteps and I'm like <laughs> tucking it in, tucking it into my, my pocket quickly but and then I'm later that day I'm posting on every social media platform yeah. about him but yeah so it's it's different but um yeah it hasn't affected playing or anything like that uh, I just uh the next video that's going to come out I think maybe at the change of this um august and september month is going to be like a day in the life uh -huh. of game day and i ended up you know filmed everything i did that day and ended up getting a shutout out in the preseason game so it's not like the the filming is going to be a distraction so that's yeah. kind of what i'm hoping to also put through these videos nice nice i saw the one that just that just came out uh with your your daughter's first day of school and all that that was that was very like heartwarming and just an awesome video. I thought it was great seeing that side yeah, of I, an NHL or seeing that side of a, a pro hockey player is, is great. Right. Yeah. As opposed to just yeah. what they're doing every day on the ice. So how do you find, um, I guess, you know, bringing your, bringing your family into it, uh, is, uh, you know, that aspect of it. How do you enjoy doing that? Does your daughter and your wife and you know, that sort of thing, do they, do they, are they comfortable in front of the camera? And I know you've really grown, uh, cause I've watched the videos from the beginning till now. And even your own personality, I feel like has bloomed on the camera and you can tell that you're much more comfortable with it. My personality is not really for being a YouTube vlogger, but obviously it's, it's the hockey that matters. Uh -huh. I like to think, but then it's like, Oh, like, does anybody care if I do put like family events on there? But then I get a lot of comments that people really enjoy that too. And it's, you know, like I said earlier that, we can look back on Fox's first day of school mm -hmm. when we're in Sweden, like pretty special for her that she got to go to school in Sweden and, you know, kind of see how, how everything played out. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, obviously my mm -hmm. wife, she's, she's got, she's, she's got her own YouTube channel. She's filmed some stuff for the vlogs and uh, she's going to, she's going to start posting soon once she gets the hang of the editing. And obviously Fox is, is the star of the show now and loves it and yeah she's she's too funny so she's easy to film always like <laughs> if i don't have any ideas i'm just gonna go talk to fox and see defer to her doing. yeah defer to her yeah, She'll give good so content. It, yeah yeah so it's uh it's good that way and it's good to see that it's more than just the hockey that people want to see mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um more on the off the ice personal side um i've recent like i got a few uh ideas in my head in terms of you know once i have you know some budget for it but uh tattoos and, and that sort of thing like showing some getting some art done uh i know that you have some as well and like do you have like a favorite piece or is it one of those things where you're just more into the art of it or the meaning uh, that sort of thing yeah i got a couple uh i got my daughter's name i got my daughter's birthday I I have my date of the NHL debut and then kind of my half sleeve, what I got going on is kind of just uh, different memories or different things from where I've lived, my yep. career. And, you know, there's a maple leaf for our time in Toronto and uh, guitar for our time in Nashville. So uh, just little things like that. So I still got to figure out what i'm getting from sweden and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff but yeah it's just kind of you know rather 
then put some silly generic <laughs> tattoos i yeah. kind of like to have some some meaning to them and trying to you know uh, make it look good as well yeah for sure for sure yeah um yeah that's awesome i i feel like i need to think about it a little more on things that i want but like you said i like tying it to specific places and people uh in my life that i found very important and influential into into who i've grown into and to who i keep growing yeah. into so I, I love that um as far yeah, as yeah. It's, it's like uh, where i live like where we got married and stuff like that and then i have this, this stupid cowboy hat of my life <laughs> that i did with a couple of my buddies so yeah with matching tattoos for nashville and so it's like even that has a meaning <laughs> yeah. it's not all so serious um as far as you know you've bounced around to different places living in different spots um did you like growing up did you think that you wanted a more I guess like traditional, you want to live in one sort of city, state, province, whatever, uh, for your whole life. Or I guess you obviously knew as a hockey player, you might be bouncing around to different spots, but, uh, did you have like, uh, any spots circled on your, on your world map that you wanted to visit or perhaps live in growing up? Yeah. I mean, I think just growing up in Finland and I had the, the big US of A yeah. just circled out that that'd be a cool place to live and that's kind of what I was always drawn into and now <clears throat> we have a house in Minnesota so I get to kind of live that dream over during the off seasons and uh, <clears throat> yeah it, it's been awesome to live in Toronto a big city and obviously hockey crazy city like we we, we love that place and, and Nashville kind of stole our hearts too and there's a lot of great people and friends that we have in Nashville so it was a we were thinking about selling the house and just kind of going back to Nashville but uh, yeah Minnesota is great obviously played college hockey and juniors there uh, that's where my wife is from so the weather is same as here in Sweden and Finland and you get all four uh, seasons yeah yeah, yeah, so yeah. Same, same, same thing so it's uh, nothing too crazy not like Florida or yeah uh, but and then living in Sweden here it's just like living in fin Finland growing up so for me, it's always kind of been, I uh, had no issues of where, where we've lived. So, uh, and the families enjoyed it as well. Awesome. Uh, I wanted to quickly touch on, uh, before we get you, get you going here, your Jersey, your Jersey number. Did you have any ties to specific numbers? Um, I know you wore, I think it was, yeah, it was 50 in Toronto for that one game and it was 73. Is that right? In Nashville? Yeah. In Nashville. Yeah. So did you have, uh, any ties to numbers growing up uh and then you could tell us what number you wear now and yeah all of that sort of stuff i've had a lot of different numbers and yeah. i think most of them is most of them are like going to play junior hockey in minnesota i had like three options and like 33 was the best out of them i was like okay patrick Rod, 33 yeah, that's yeah. number played well so i wanted in college as well and then i went to Toronto and the Marlies and Freddie Gaultier had 33. So yeah. I, I got, I got 30 with the Marlies, which is like, I, I don't like 30. It's too, too generic goalie number. And then <clears throat> my training camp number always with the Leafs for 50. So mm -hmm. I, something that I didn't even get to pick. And then obviously it was, it was my Jersey number too. 
So <clears throat> not much I could do there. Um, Chicago Wolves, I had 31, but that was kind of the same thing. Just they just gave me a number and yeah. showed up the first game, and that's that's where it was. And and then uh, <clears throat> yeah, for Nashville, uh, pretty much for the first time, got to really pick a number, and I had something special in mind. And obviously, seven seventy three is uh my wife's name is whitney and she's got seven letters on her name and then fox is three so that was kind of the that's unique right there i never heard the, of that the re- yeah the reasoning yeah. as well i think it's a cool number good looking number higher up too and um and at the end of the season she ended up whitney ended up t- getting a 73 tattoo on her on yeah. her wrist and then I sign in Sweden and they're a traditional team and they don't do high numbers. So, mm-hmm. uh, it was the same thing. I got like, got to pick out a couple of different numbers and 31 was the best out of them. And you know, I was like, <laughs> Oh, I had it in Chicago. And, uh, yeah. So three and one kind of looks like a seven sometimes. So, but, yeah. um, uh, yeah, didn't, have, didn't get too much of a choice. And this, this summer I try to, ask again can i do 73 and they're like no high numbers and 37 was taken by one of our new guys coming in so i was too late on that but yeah uh yeah so uh, another question i had for you i know carter ashton you play with him over in europe uh and he was once a member of the leafs organization as well just i wanted just uh, a quick touch on maybe some of your you know funniest teammates you know good teammates you've played with i'm sure you have at all your stops but just a few that come to mind when i ask that question um yeah yeah carter carter had a pretty crazy experience in toronto i think he kind of yeah got stuck on the on the bench for most of the games just uh whatever the situation of the team was at that time but he's been he's been great for us but um yeah funniest like there's there's so many there's so many good guys and then it's rare in hockey to have a bad teammate but there's guys like obviously Justin Hall you can hear in Toronto that he's kind of a character and um Ryan Ryan Johansson in in Nashville is 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 something else you could just watch him all day and he's (laughs) with that beautiful hair he makes the boys laugh yeah it's it's good and um so yeah, those are the those are the couple guys that come in mind, and I think we we just got a new guy for us this year is uh, John Quinville, who played forty five games, I think, in the NHL with uh-huh. New Jersey, and um, he's he's a pretty vocal guy, so he <laughs> he's uh, he he makes the guys laugh here here as well. So he's had a good entry to the team, and he's he he brings a lot of energy. So we enjoy. Him. Nice, nice. Going into the season, I know. Uh, with it almost starting here, how do you guys feel about your chances to uh, to succeed this year in the SHL? And uh, yeah, what what do you think uh, is the ceiling for this team? You guys think you can really make a run at at the championship? Yeah, I think even like looking at last year, I think we we're too like up and down. Uh, we got hit by injuries pretty hard, and um, but there are times in the season where we, we, we climbed from last to first and we were the hottest team for a while. And so, so it's there hundred percent. And obviously we lost Max Verano who scored the most goals in the MVP of the league. And mm-hmm. 
but <clears throat> like I said, we got Quinville and we we added some good defensemen. Like that was the kind of the plan for the off season. And um, <clears throat> yeah, we got some, got some firepower and skill up front for sure. And then with a couple more pieces in defense and hopefully I can, I can take it to the next level and just, you know, feed off the experience from last season and, um, you know, kind of build off, build off that. So um, I think ceiling is, ceiling is high, obviously, like, like last year, we, we were dominating a lot of the games. So I think it just stay, stay healthy and consistent and play to our best and the cup should be ours, but uh, that's not, not always how you draw it up, but yeah. Yeah, I think very confident. We're we're definitely like fighting for the championship, other than trying to just fight off fight off relegation. Awesome. Well, I really hope uh, you guys make a deep run and go for it this year. Uh, I just wanted to throw it over to you at the very end to close us out here and give us uh, uh, where we can find your content, your wife's content once she starts putting it out, and uh, we'll direct our our fans to you guys. Yeah, I think it just. Just search Kaskisua. That's yep. it's pretty easy on all platforms, and uh, I share a lot of a lot of my wife stuff, and also you can find her on her on the YouTube as well. But yeah, everything should be behind my last name, and uh, yeah, kind of trying to stay active on on all those platforms and create some kind of content that people want to see. Awesome. Well, Casimir, I really appreciate you hopping on. It's awesome to, to see you here and to chat with you here. I'm, I'm sure our fans are going to love it and uh, we'll, we'll keep in contact and maybe bring you back again. Yeah. Sounds good. It was fun. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks so much. Legendary chat with Casimir Cascasuo. Lucas, just coming off that chat. How did it feel? How did it feel to talk to the guy? It was awesome, man. I mean, like, the guy, he's you know, he's a little bit more uh, quiet, more reserved guy yeah. at first. But once you peel back the layers a bit, you get him get him going about uh, you know his experience and his you know what he loves to do with with his uh, YouTube career he's got going on. Uh, I mean, truly a pleasure to have him and uh, to speak to him. Uh, you know, it's always great when these guys give you their time. They're obviously so busy. You know, he's getting ready for the season in the SHL. Uh, so make sure to keep an eye on Casimir Cascaso over in the SHL because they're going for it this year over there to win the league. Yeah. And honestly, it's, uh, it's really cool what Casimir is doing on his YouTube channel. So anyone watching, make sure you go subscribe uh, to his channel. And as Lucas said, keep an eye. Like, unfortunately I wasn't able to be a part of that interview, but Lucas, man, legendary job. Uh, great work. We're going to, we're going to keep it going. John, we got to keep the guests coming, keep the content coming. Uh, oh, I want to get this out there quickly. Uh, we are looking into uh, getting the podcast distributed on Spotify, Apple, those sort of places. So it's not just on YouTube. So keep an eye out. Uh, we'll get it there. We will get it there. Uh, just give us a bit of time uh, as we get this show rolling, rocking and rolling for the season. Yeah. And then once we do that, all the episodes will be on there and you can yep. watch it all back and listen back. So thank you guys so much for listening to episode four. Big time episode. We're rolling here from Lucas, the legend, myself, Hot Take Hockey Podcast. We're going to keep her going throughout the season. So look out for it. Thank you so much. Hit that subscribe, hit that like, hit the notification bell. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Recommend guests, recommend topics. And we'll see you guys on the on the next episode. And yeah, we're looking forward to it. Peace. Have a good one. Peace. <laughs>